Welcome to the City Church Online. This is where you get all the sermons that you might have missed or you might just want to listen to all over again. Please like, subscribe, remember to share and download this message. Come, let us grow together in Christ. Lord, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. And we thank you for your life. We thank you for the light that continues to shine in our hearts, opening our eyes to the depth of who you are. And so, even according to your word today, we come. The scriptures are true and we believe them. The Bible has told us that the entrance of your word brings light. And it is that light that gives understanding to the simple. And so right now, in Jesus' name, we claim understanding. We call upon understanding that, Father, as we declare your word today, a man and a woman will be moved from one position and repositioned in you. We are asking, Heavenly Father, that your, the work of your spirit will be so firm and so powerful, we will never be the same again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Today we start a brand new series of sermons that I am so excited about. It is called Life in Christ. You know, the apostle Peter in 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 12 to 15 wrote these words. He says, For this reason I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things. And so one of the things we see what Peter is saying, that if he does not remind you of what he is about to remind you, he will be negligent. I don't know that you would like a pastor, a leader, uh, to be negligent. Would you? No. And so the apostle says, I will not be negligent to remind you. Therefore, I will not neglect reminding you of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. And so he is saying, the things I am about to remind you, you know, you don't only know, you are also established in the same. However, I still feel the need and the desire, and I think it is a responsibility that I must carry in order to remind you the very same things that you know and are established in. And it says, the things that I want to remind you about is called present truth. Someone say present truth. In other words, there is a truth that is present in which you must know this truth. You must be established in this truth. And I will not stop reminding you of the same truth. Now, it is a present truth. It is not a future truth. It is a present truth. It's not a past truth. It is a present 
truth because friends you must understand the scriptures as we have them progressively revealed there's what we call progressive revelation God began revealing himself he continued to reveal himself and he has revealed himself and he will still reveal himself the Bible says a time will come because presently we see as men who look through a mirror or through a glass but a time will come when we will see him as he truly is. Therefore, today we see him, but we do not see him as he truly is. And yet in the past, God revealed himself in shadows. Hallelujah. But today he has revealed himself through a man called Jesus Christ. And so the writer of Hebrews, as he starts out, he says, God, who in previous times spoke to us through the prophets, has at this present time, hallelujah, spoken to us through his son, Jesus Christ, who he made heir of all things. And so Peter says, I won't be negligent in reminding you, even though you know and are established in the present truth. Now, my challenge though is for Peter's congregation, they knew. They did not only know, they were also established in the same. Hallelujah. Now, and yet, even though they knew and they were established, he still needed to remind them. Hallelujah. Now, my question and my uh, concern to some of us is, do you know the present truth? And also, if you know it, are you established in the present truth? My goal today, again, is to remind you of one of the most powerful truths of the New Testament Christian. And by God, I am praying that as I remind you of the same, because in reality, you know this, I've told you this, and, and many of you have even spoken about it, you know it, but I want us to be established in the present truth. The Bible talks about a house, a house, a house. A house, a man who built his house. Someone built a house and built it on sand. And yet there was another one who built his house on the rock. Both of them did a housewarming ceremony. Both of them sent pictures to in-laws and says, God has done us mighty and powerful things. We now have a home. However, a storm came. And the storm came on to both houses. The one on sand, it came. The one on the rock, it came. The difference was where it was established. Hallelujah. And so we must be established in truth. But not just any truth because there is past truth. There is future truth. There is present truth. And you must also be established in present truth. This truth was given to us and Paul calls it a mystery. A mystery that had been hidden to the generations past. The mystery to which the prophets of old they prophesied about and the Bible says they looked to the time and the seasons which the spirit was trying to refer to 
and they waited in anticipation. They died in faith awaiting that time. Oh, glory be to God. But we are the generation that is living in the present of what Isaiah was prophesying about. In the present of what Jeremiah was simply talking about. In the present of which Simon and Hannah were waiting for. Jesus Christ has come and he is here with us. Glory be to his name. Hallelujah. And so it is my desire today for you friends that you embrace this truth that I'm about to share with you. Romans chapter 8 from verses 1 the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Present truth. Now there is a past tense present tense and future tense. The present tense, we used to call it the now tense. There is therefore now, oh, wait a minute. There is therefore, where are you living? In the now, in the now, in the now. And it says, in the now, there is therefore no condemnation. No, now, there is condemnation, but there is a certain category of people to whom there is no condemnation. He says, there is therefore now no condemnation to those. Now, when he says to those, he has separated because there are those and there are the. Are you in the those or are you in the them? <laughs> now, there are qualifications for the those. And the qualification is this. To those who are in Christ. To those who are in Christ. So there are those who are in Christ and those who are out of Christ. Now, if you are out of Christ, there is now condemnation. If you are in Christ, there is therefore now no condemnation. Oh, glory be to God. This is amazing. <laughs> Hallelujah. Those who are outside of Christ. You know, when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, he told Nicodemus, now this is the condemnation. That God has sent his son. And men have not believed in him. So he said, the condemnation comes on men simply because they have not believed in the one and only one that he sent. But there is a category of men and women that have believed upon Jesus, that have placed their life in Jesus, that have agreed to the spirit of life to come in them, and therefore to those who are in Christ Jesus, there is therefore now, I, I, feel, like, I feel like finishing here, because uh, sometimes we can continue a lot and you miss. Because this thing is very important for you to understand. That if you are in Christ Jesus, there is therefore now no condemnation. Because listen friend, God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish. I ain't perishing. You ain't perishing because you gave your life to Jesus. Hallelujah. Woo. Now, I say these things to you because 
you must understand how the kingdom of God has come to work on our behalf. Jesus did not come to die for cats and cows. Jesus did not come to die for trees and forests. Jesus did not even come to die for foreign angels. Oh, but when he saw you caught in a quagmire you couldn't get yourself out of, eh? you were like, you, you, you know, one time my grandmother had a goat and she tied the goat on a tree where the goat was supposed to eat uh, around the tree, the grass. But then, as it kept eating around the tree, it did not know, and we don't even know how it did it, but at one point, it got inside the circle of the rope. And so, the more it continued going around, the more the rope tightened around it. Then, it began trying to get out, but it was using a lot of force. The more force it used, the tighter the rope got. And so, God saw you and me. We were like that goat. And you know, my grandmother could have said, this goat is very stupid. I'm cutting off its head. How can it just tie itself? It thought it was having fun. In thinking it was eating more and having fun, it got itself trapped up. Hallelujah. And so God saw us that way. Trapped up in our sin, in our iniquity, and in our transgressions. And God sent his son, Jesus Christ. He sent his son that his son will die for you. He will die on your behalf. He will die in your place. The Bible says scarcely would someone die for a righteous man. Maybe for a good man, another one would die. But God demonstrated his love toward us in that while you were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for the ungodly. Christ died for the ungodly Christ died for the ungodly and you know one time the Pharisees saw Jesus he was eating with prostitutes he was eating with tax collectors he was eating with sinners he was surrounded by people who looked like hey they are the rejects of society and they went to him in fact they didn't go to him they went to his disciples they, your master your master your master atuswaza like he's around women who are dressed in uh, in very short dresses and uh, and and uh, and we saw them last night doing some things and then we saw even Zacchaeus is in his circles now what, what kind of and Jesus told the Pharisees, he said, listen, I did not come. I did not come for the righteous. I came for the unrighteous because when anybody comes to Jesus, hey, Jesus cleanses them by his blood. <laughs> Hallelujah. And so, listen, all men, all of us, the way we live our lives, we live our lives governed by certain laws, certain principles, and certain values. Those laws, those values, those principles produce 
the exact results that you have in your life, whether you are aware of those laws, principles, and, and, uh, and values or not. The way your life right now is, the results that are in your life are reflections of certain values you have embraced, certain principles you are walking by. There, is, there are certain laws you are following right now and those laws, those values, those principles, whether you've defined them or not, whether you intended them or not, are producing the exact results that we see in your life currently. And so a man who is wise will therefore be able to predetermine his life by the principles they intentionally embrace. By the way, this is why we are teaching leaders because leadership is not just something you stumble into. You must be trained. There, there, there are set principles and laws that govern things like that. The way we pray, the way we do everything. Now, the way you live your life is ordered after certain principles. And so when Paul is writing, he says to us, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ, comma. So I told you that there is a category of people who have no condemnation. And there's a category of, so the category that he defines is first of all, these people are in Christ. Number two, these people have a certain way they walk. That means a certain way they live their life. A certain consciousness they carry upon them. He says, these people do not walk according to the flesh. They walk according to the spirit. They don't walk according to the flesh. They walk according to the spirit. And then he spells out for us a great reality that I would like all of you here at the city church and the world above, uh, beyond, and, and every man that would listen to my teaching and to, you, to, to what we are saying today and to the scriptures to embrace. Paul speaks something very powerfully in verses 2. He says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ, has set us free from the law of sin and death. Paul tells us that if we walk in the spirit, there will be no cause in any way for any condemnation. Because the reality is that there is a law of the spirit of life in Christ. That is why our series is called Life in Christ. And so what happened, friend, is that on the day you gave your life to Jesus, on the day you surrendered your life to Jesus, and now I'm assuming that you did, because by the way, if you haven't, today is a great day for you to be able to do that. Hallelujah. But Paul is telling us that on the day you gave your life to Jesus, there, there was a certain activation within your spirit by the spirit of God of the law of life in Christ. Your life now 
became joined by the Holy Spirit unto the life of Jesus. I want you to get this. That on that day, you gave your life to Jesus. What happened is your life became joined unto the life of Jesus. Because your life now is in Christ Jesus. Really, when you stop to think about it, you will see the amazing wonder of this present truth. The amazing wonder of this amazing present truth. That right now, your life is joined to the life of Jesus. And so, when you are looking for me, I've got an address and it is called in Christ. You know, it is not a joke when we say we are the hands and the feet of Jesus. It's not a joke. Glory be to God. Paul wrote to the Corinthians and told them you are living epistles. When people want to know who Christ is, they must come to you. You know why? Let us read it. Colossians chapter 3, verses 3. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ, you know, one of the biggest challenges that uh, heaven has with you, hallelujah, is that there is a certain way heaven defines you. And then there's also a certain way you define yourself. And when those two things don't match, remember, you have too much authority that heaven can't help you if you don't agree with heaven. God designed a life for us. And the life we are to live is a godly life. That is why Paul will tell you, exercise yourself in godliness. Exercise yourself in godliness. Because right now, what has happened is you died and now your life is hidden with Christ in God. That's why he tells you that these signs will follow those that believe in my name. They will lay hands on the sick. They shall be made well. Hey, the authority that Jesus carried, you carry. You know why? Because you are clothed with Christ. You are clothed with Christ. You are clothed with Christ. Your life is in Christ. So when the enemy looks at you, he sees the life of Jesus walking around. You have such a wonderful thing that God has given to you. He has given you the very life of his son. And so going back to Romans chapter 8 verses 2. He says, now for the law of the spirit of life in Christ. Which means the principle by which we must live life. The value by which we must live life. The law by which we must live life is a law that embraces the reality that your life is in Christ. Oh, I am living in Christ. I am hidden in Christ. 
I am walking in Christ. I am united to Christ. The law of the spirit of life in Christ. The law of the spirit of life in Christ is what sets you free from the law of sin and death. And so for those of you who are struggling and saying, I am struggling with sin. Your biggest struggle is not with sin. Your biggest struggle is the principle by which you live. Because one of the things he says to us, who do not walk according to the flesh, but walk according to the spirit. Now, what does it mean to walk according to the flesh? And what does it mean to walk according to the spirit? It is a consciousness, an awareness. You see, most people are aware of themselves. They are aware of their weaknesses. They are aware of their uh, weaknesses. They are aware of their frailty. You are more aware of your brokenness. You are more aware of, uh, I, like, you are more aware of yourself than you are aware of Christ in you. And Paul told us that Christ in us is the hope for glory. And so I want to call you. Don't you want your life to change and be different? Now you need to embrace an awareness of Christ. An awareness of Christ. You see, this is what Jesus illustrated to us with Peter in the storm. You know, he told Peter, Peter, if you really think, it is me who is coming to you. Then step out of the boat and walk. Now, funny thing, he did not stop the storm. No, 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 no. The waves were still going up. Chaos was all around. The others were afraid it is a ghost. And Jesus told him, if you really think it is I, okay. Peter says, bid me to come. He says, just come. And Peter began walking. He began Walking. And as long as he kept his eyes on Jesus, he walked. When he removed his eyes from Jesus, he began to sink. Because the law of the spirit of life in Christ should work for you. It must work in you. It must operate in you. And so this Time, I am calling you friends that we may embrace the law of the spirit of life in Christ. Life in Christ. I live in Christ. So and that means I must adopt our consciousness of Christ. Not Christ out there but Christ in me. You see this will change the way you pray because if you come to the altar of prayer, to the place of prayer, and Christ is not up there in heaven trying to see if he will sort out things for you, but Christ is inside you and you are clothed with Christ. Now, when you are going to pray, you are praying differently. You're not praying as if there is a God you must call upon and when he and if he wants, then he will show up. No. Hallelujah. 
then you know that when you enter a place, you are not waiting for his presence to enter. When you entered the place, you entered with the presence of God where you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because now your life is hidden with Christ in God. Someone say, now my life is hidden with Christ in God. And so friends, I invite you to life in Christ. You know how sometimes you wake up in the morning and you have all these feelings of, uh, it's, I, I am tired, I am hurt, like uh, your body is saying all these different other things. You must learn now to bring to your consciousness the awareness that you are in Christ and Christ is in you. Do you see that mystery? Yeah, like you are in Christ and Christ is in you. So you look at this water, the water is in the bottle, but the bottle is in the water. That is your life. That is my life. And if you begin to live your life, by that principle, you are going to begin to see that you are walking in victory after victory after victory after victory. Even when challenging times come, the challenging times will come, but you will be a challenge to the challenging times. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I want to be a problem to my problems. I want to be a challenge to my challenges. I want to be a headache to my headaches. Why? Because of Christ in me. I cannot sink. Why? Because Christ is in me. I cannot be moved. Why? Because of Christ in me. I will not be stressed up. Why? Because of Christ in me. I won't be anxious. Why? Because of Christ in me. I will not give up. Why? Because of Christ in me. I will not give in. Why? Because of Christ in me. One of the things that I pray that you take away from today is that the life of Christ is now resident in you. And that life, when he says, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you, it is as real as can be. This audio sermon has been brought to you by The City Church. We would love to hear from you. Please contact us on... 0706-332-572 or 0776-579-679